Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. So this morning, I'm going to talk about generosity. I'm going to talk about giving, you know, and, and I have I've had this planned and prepared, been studying and, and things like that, but it's just interesting how God works and how He does stuff in our lives, like as we are following Him, as we're studying, like I'm studying this and some things have happened, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories, you know, about what's happened uh, in my life, and it's just like, God's just awesome. I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's like those times whenever, you know, the, the intercessors that, that pray for our church and our nation and, and basically everything that needs to be prayed for, uh, before service, they gather together and they're an amazing team of prayer warriors. And, and I just always love it whenever, you know, I, I share a message, I'm like, God, your message and you've given me words and I'm going to share it. And they're like, you don't understand. We were just praying these exact things, you know? And like, that's how awesome God is. You know, that, that he, he has knit us together, but not only that, that he speaks to us and, and even like the same things, you know? And, and we're all like feeling these, these things. And that's because God is, he's good. And he is God. And he's not just speaking to one person. And he's not trying to be confusing either. I feel that there's so many times that he's speaking a similar thing to so many of us. But God's just done a few things this, this week, and it's just been interesting. And I, this one story is kind of, kind of funny if you'll understand where, where I'm at with this, but, you know, it was my birthday, like, feels like a year ago. I don't, I don't know about you, but, like, time, I just don't even understand time anymore, but, but it was just recently, and, and somebody had given me a little bit of money, okay, and it was, like, 40 bucks in a card, and it was so sweet, and it was just awesome, and, and I, like, I had it sitting on my nightstand, and and my daughter comes to me like a day later or something like that. And she's like, Dad, I need, I need money. She's driving. She needs gas. She needs, you know, dinner and all these things. And I'm like, okay. You know what the first thought that went through my mind is? I don't have cash. Oh, wait. I actually just got some money in a birthday card. Oh, wait. That's my money. It came in my birthday. It's, it was my birthday. It wasn't her birthday. You know, it's funny because like, I, I seriously thought, like, uh, I'd rather give her money out of the bank account. You know, and it was just like this thing that went through my head. It was like, it, it wasn't her money. It was my, I got that for my birthday. Like, somehow that, that $20, $40 was different than the other stuff that I could have given her, right? And I just felt like in that moment, this was like literally probably like a half a second, probably, but it felt like forever. You know, and then God's like, it's money. You know, you're going to give your daughter money for gas. Like, what, what does this money have? 
you know, this $40 have that is different than anything else. And I was like, but it's mine. <laughs> and it just, it was a perfect picture, right? Of, of like, um, hey, God's like, actually, you're studying generosity and being giving, right? I'm like, well, yeah, but this is my money, you know? And, and so he's just like, look, what is, what is it going to do for you, that money? And like I said, it wasn't that much, but it was just something that it was, it was given. It was given to me. And I had to say, listen. I told my daughter, I was like, hey, upstairs on my nightstand, there's 40 bucks. And she just like runs upstairs like she has no idea. Well, she didn't have any idea, you know. And she's like, oh, thanks so much. You know, you know I can get gas in my car and get dinner tonight and stuff. And I'm like, you're welcome. And there was something that changed in me whenever I did that. Like, I felt, I felt this before, just kind of like this feeling for a couple of seconds. And then after, I, God spoke to me, and then I, and I said, hey, yeah, there's 40 bucks right up there on the nightstand. And all of a sudden, I just felt this, like, peace and happiness that just came over me. And I felt so good about it. And the crazy thing is, is that, you know, of course, we don't do anything to get something, right? It's, you don't give something so that you can get something. Now, as I'm going to be talking about, the, we have gotten everything from God. He has given us a place in the kingdom. He has given us everything. And we've received everything we need. But he tells us that, that he will provide for us and he will bless us and he will even give us back more when we just release our hand and help people, when we give. And the craziest thing is, is that just a couple of days later, I was somewhere and, and somebody was like, I was talking to them for a little bit, you know, and just chatting, just life, different things. And, and they're like, are you a good receiver? I'm like, well, I never played football. Um, I, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Because I didn't really know exactly what he meant. It just like came out of nowhere. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I think I am. I'm a good receiver. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. And he like reaches his hand out to give me a handshake. And it's like, you know, and you're like, that's, there's something in there. It was like one of those, what they call Pentecostal handshakes. You ever heard of those? There's something in between the two hands. Usually it's money. He gave me a hundred bucks. I'm like, I mean, I didn't know that's what you were meaning. He's like, I know, but I just wanted to know if you were a good receiver. And I was like, well, I guess I am. I'll receive this. <laughs> I'll receive it right now. <clears throat> and I didn't even think till later on that I had given, and how you think, like, it's your daughter. You were going to give her money anyways. But I'm, I'm talking about the heart of it, right? Because I, I was going to give her $40 anyways. But where our heart is in this place of giving and place of generosity is, is what we're really talking about. 
And this guy just is like, no, I, I want to give this to you. And, and I wanted to know that you'd receive it well. And even after that, I was thinking about it. I was like, it's so amazing. It's just awesome. I'm excited. You know, God replaced it and actually even multiplied it. It's amazing and all that. And, and I just felt God talking to me. And there's a few things. Listen, I'm not going to give away the stuff, but this month there's going to be multiple things that we can do to give and be generous, and, and, and there's different things coming up, and, and we want to be a, a church that has a big vision to give into, to, to help people, to reach our community, and, and to really even have a place here for our family to gather and have, have a place of community for us. And for those that are not even here yet, for those that are around us. And I was thinking, you know what? Whenever he said, are you a good receiver? He, he probably is like, you know, are you going to receive this and not, you know, get weird about it? And I, and I felt like God was talking to me afterwards saying, actually, you know, what I want to speak to you is, is that being a good receiver means that you're not going to hold on to it too tightly. And what if you give that money that he gave you away even and see what I do? And I don't know what he'll do, and it may not be more money. I don't really even care, but I know he's going to do something. I know he's going to provide in some way. In Luke 19... It's a story of Zacchaeus, and it's a fun story. And I think, I, don't, I remember, was it, Vernon, were you the one that used to sing the song about Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. You want to come up and sing it? No? Okay. I'm not going to sing it. I don't remember all the words. But, you know, this little guy, he's short in stature. He can't see around the crowd and above the crowd. And so he's trying to, to get a place where he can see Jesus because he's going to be coming through. So he climbs up a tree. So he can see Jesus when he passes by. And then Jesus enters and passes by. And when he passes, he looks up at him. In verse 5, Luke 19, verse 5, it says, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. First couple of things before I go any further. Jesus saw him. Jesus saw him. There's so many people around. You, you might be like, well, he was up in a tree. Maybe, I don't know. But I believe that this is something for us, that, that he sees us. Do we, do we understand or do, or do we know that he sees us where we're at? He sees who we are. He sees what we're going through. He sees you there. And he looks up to him and he says, hey, Zacchaeus, make haste. Come down because I'm going to come over to your house. And the second thing is that he, he comes to us. He wants to be with you, with me. He comes in close. He, he comes to us. I don't know. Like these things are just. So it says, so he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. 
But when they, who are they? Religious people. When they saw it, they all complained, saying, He is gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner? I'm sure they said it like that. A sinner? And they're like, what is this guy? He's a tax collector. He's, he's taking people's money, and he's not a good guy. Why is Jesus going to be with him, to be a guest in his house? But then we see in the next verse, it says, in verse 8, Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. So he's got accusations coming at him that he's a sinner and, and he steals people's money and he's a bad guy and all this stuff. And then he's standing there in front of Jesus and says, listen, I try to give back. And I, if I realize that I've done something wrong, I will restore it and I'll actually restore more. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save those, see, to save that which was lost. He says, I've come to save that which was lost. And I tell you this story because just before that story, and I'm not going to read the scriptures in that one, but just before that story, there's, there's this moment and this story about a guy who's called the rich young ruler. And this rich young ruler, this guy is coming up to Jesus and he says, hey, how, how do I get into heaven? How do I get into this relationship where I'm good, you know? where I'm doing all right with you and I can make it to be with you in eternity. Jesus is like, actually, just sell all you have. It's pretty easy. Just give, it, just give to the poor. Give to the needy. Open your hands up and let things flow through you. Don't hold on to it too tightly. And he's like, listen, I, I actually, I don't know if he said anything. He just turned around and left. It's like, I can't do that. I, I can, I'm not going to be able to just give everything that I have away. I'm going to have to hold on to that. What do we hold on to tighter? What is it that, that we hold fast to, if you will? Is it Jesus? Or is it provision? or our security, or our safety. Because many times, you know, if you just say money, it's like, well, it's, it's, it's really, when we go down to the heart of the matter, we're trying to take care of ourselves, trying to provide for ourselves, make sure that we have enough. Like if I give it away, I'm not sure if I'm going to have enough to live. I'm not sure if I'm going to, you know, have what I need to take care of my family. But I believe God is speaking and just saying, listen, do you trust the finances more to take care of you or do you trust me more to take care of you? And I don't think that God is asking you right now, and maybe he will. I don't know. 
But I don't think he's saying sell everything. Sell your house, sell your car, give everything away, and don't have anything. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, do you hold on to something too tightly that God can't get to? Because when we hold, I mean, when we hold on to something that tightly, sometimes he does ask us to get rid of it. Because we're putting our trust more in a thing, a provision, or something that we enjoy maybe more then we're putting our trust into him. Do we trust him? And in these two stories, you see that, that generosity, that, that giving, that living open-handed is actually the sign of a changed heart. That when we come to know Jesus, when we come into this encounter with him, where we stand up close to him, and we allow Him into our life to change us, to make us new, that something happens in us, that it should open our hands and say, God, I hold nothing tightly. I, I, I'm not holding on to anything too tight that I won't let you use to help somebody. I'm not going to hold on to something so tight that, that it can only be mine that I can't give it to, to help somebody that's in need. See, stingy and Christian don't go together. And if you say, well, I could use that, both those words in the same sentence, I would submit to you that one of those things is wrong. Either the person that you are calling as stingy is not stingy, or the person that thinks they're a Christian is not so much a Christian that it's changed their heart. See, if you look at it that way, those two words don't really fit together. Because sometimes we can say, no, they're stingy, and you're wrong. Or sometimes they can say, no, I'm a Christian. I'm like, but are you living like it? But has something happened in here that's changed you, that's made you new, that is allowing God to move through you, that if he asks you to do something, you're going to do it? You guys all right? Uh, some of you look like you got just slapped in the face. I mean, I don't know if you're all right. The gospel opens our heart, our soul. It just, it rips it wide open. If it doesn't, it hasn't, you haven't allowed it to do what it's meant to do. You're holding it back. And as it tears open our heart, it opens our hands. You know, generosity is, is more, it's more than, than even tithing, you know, and you can say, oh, I give 10%, you know. I, I, I do this, I do that. But Hopefully you can see already that I'm talking about more than just a certain number or a percentage. Really, back in the Old Testament and the covenant, the law, all those things, it's more like 23, 25% that really that they were supposed to give. 
But what I'm talking about here is what it means, what is happening, what our heart is when we are generous. Because a stingy person can give 10%. Somebody that doesn't know, and I know that this even does happen, that doesn't even know God can give 10% of their finances to charity or even to a church or, or a different organization. They can do that. It's not about that. It's about our heart and what is happening when we are giving. So when we give at church or when we give to somebody that's in need around us, or when we give to a project or an organization that is to help people, it's not about like, oh, well, I did this. It's about, did, did it mean something to you? See, if it's not big enough to mean something, I'm not sure that it's big enough to mean something. It, you say, well, yeah, I can give that. I actually had $5 and I found it on the parking lot. I'll give that. That's great, but does it mean anything to you? Does it actually take any effort from us when we give? I, I want it to take effort. Whenever I give, I, wa I want it to, to be something that, that is a challenge. And it may just be me because I like challenges. You challenge me, I'm going to do it. Don't even try. Ask Pastor Tori. She knows. If I'm feeling like, man, I don't know if you, you know, I'm not sure about this. I don't know if I can do it. You know, I think maybe I told you that time in the swimming pool where she's like, it's like, you think I can swim all the way across under the water? Because I like to do that stuff, stupid stuff. But she told me, yeah, I think you can do it. I came back, I'm like, oh, man. I was like, I don't know, I just, I thought I was going to be able to. She was like, yeah, I knew you couldn't do it. I was like, you want to bet? I'll try it again, and I'm going to do it this time. And I did, because I like a challenge. So that's what, if, you, if you're trying to get me to do something, just, just challenge me, okay? Tell me I can't, and I'm going to do it. But, but it should challenge us when we give should have a meaning, should have purpose. It, it should stretch us. What do we trust? Do we trust Jesus or do we trust our finances or things that we have acquired? In 2 Corinthians, it says that God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. Because we can begrudgingly give. We can be angry about it and give. Even at church. Even in the offering. Or even giving to somebody in need. We can do that and be like, oh, I don't even want to, but I'm going to give. You can do that. But that is not what God is asking us to do. He's asking us to 
give out of the goodness of our heart. Why? Why does he ask? That's one of the worst questions. Why should I do it? Because if we turn our eyes toward him and we see who he is and we see that out of the goodness and the love that's coming out of his heart, he has given us everything. Everything that we need. Everything that we have. You can say, hey, but I worked really hard for this. Or it took me a lot of like time and thinking and preparing and planning and all this stuff. And I did this. You know what it makes me think of? There's this really pastory joke that you hear sometimes. And it's, let me know if you've heard it before. Or maybe not. Let me just get through it. But there's a scientist is like, talking to God, and he's like, hey, God, I mean, I don't know if we need you anymore, because look, we can create humans. We can clone people. We can even create a person. Like, all we got to do is we take this dirt, and we bring it over here to our lab, and God goes, get your own dirt. (laughs) You guys, that was funny. But it reminds me of that because, because God is saying, look, in that silly joke, it makes a point. Because we can say, hey, we can do all this stuff. We can create this. We can make a human. We can make all this stuff. Look at, look at us. We're scientists and all this stuff. And God's saying, you didn't have what you needed to start. That dirt came from me. We say, look what I've done, and I've taken all this time and mental energy and strength to to do all these things, and that's how I've gotten. Who gave you the strength? Who who gave you the brain that you're using? The life that you're living? Who gave that to you? He's given it all. Everything that we are is because of Him. So how could we claim anything of our own? And he's given it all. It should open our hearts and our hands when we think about him, when we understand who he is. <laughs> I love this scripture in Mark 10. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's like, how hard is it for those that have riches to enter into the kingdom? And they're like, wait, what? says in verse 24, and the disciples are astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, and here's the part I think is funny. He says, children. You know, I love it when you have these moments and Jesus is like, <clears throat> excuse me, little child. I, I'm going to say it again, and maybe you can understand it. I'm going to say it a little bit differently but can you just give me your attention, you know? And these are his, this, these, these are his guys. They're walking with him, you know? They're, they're there with him all the time. And he's trying to share with them some, something, something good, you know? And they're getting all riled up. And he says, children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. 
So you get this point here and you're like, you know, and I think some people are like, look, it's rich people. It's so hard for them to enter into the kingdom and we're not supposed to have money and we're supposed to live like beggars and all this stuff. And that's not what this is saying. What it is saying is that whenever we do come to the place where he is provided, it's only because of him, but there is provision and we do have money at some moment in our life or our whole life. When we have the provision and the things that we need, it's so much harder. It's so much harder then to place our trust in him. And to understand and know that everything that we have is because of Him and through Him and by Him. Right? It's not that the money's wrong, it's that our heart is wrong. And He's saying, those who trusted riches, He's not saying that the riches are bad, He's saying your heart's bad. When your heart is bad, then all of a sudden your riches become what controls you, what leads you, what guides you, what affects your decisions instead of the gospel and who Jesus is and what God has done for you. It's not that you have money or you get money. It's what it does to you and how you hold it. How are you holding that provision? There was a study of like 2,000 people in California, and they studied them. It was about generosity and giving. And they studied these people um, giving and volunteering. And this study proved, and there's many other ones like it, but this study proved, listen, this is crazy. It's not crazy, it's God, and that's how he's created us. But I, I kind of love it whenever science ends up backing up who God is and what he has spoken over us, right? And this study of a couple thousand people showed that those that gave and volunteered, it actually reduced mortality. It actually extended lifetimes. These people that were givers and volunteering and, and doing stuff for others, that their mind wasn't just thinking about themselves and being, you know, holding tightly. You know, it's like, it's the craziest thing. It's what the enemy does. He says, listen, you're going to have to protect yourself. You're going to have to hold on to all these things. But when we hold tight, when we're greedy, when, when we try to protect ourselves, that is the worst time in our lives. We end up getting sick. Our lives don't last as long. Our bodies don't work as well. But the way that God has created us and what he is speaking over us, he says, whenever you are giving, whenever you are thinking about not yourself, but other people and doing something for them, helping somebody in need, it actually it releases chemicals in your brain that brings happiness 
and peace and reduces anxiety. That's how God has created us. We're like, why, why am I always afraid and anxious? And I'm not saying this is the only reason, but I'm saying sometimes we're being so locked up and trying to protect ourselves and not realizing why I'm afraid and why I'm afraid that something's going to happen. Why am I afraid that, that I'm not going to make it? That I'm not going to have enough? But we're holding so tightly to things that actually our brain and our body is working together in a way that is making us feel this fear and anxiety. But whenever we release and we open up and we're giving and, and helping people and serving, we're talking, about, I'm not just talking about money either. It's like helping people, giving our time to be with somebody or to help them to do something. You know, some guys here helped somebody in, uh, just a couple of weeks ago to build a ramp because it was like this quick thing that, that they had to get their leg amputated and, and so, or foot amputated, sorry. Get things mixed up when I'm up here, it's all right. Um, and some of the guys, and I think about that, and I think, man, how many more months are they going to live? I wouldn't think that way. It's, it's kind of funny and fun to think that way. Like, they're like, hey, we can do this. We can build this ramp. We can, we can get out. Yeah, we'll do this. And they just jumped out there and volunteered and helped somebody that was in desperate need. There's so many different ways that we can give. There's so many different ways that we can live open-handed. Because like I've said, it's, it's a, a posture of our heart and our mind as we're walking out each and every day of our lives. Are we going to live closed up and holding tightly to what we have or are we going to allow God? Look, I'm telling you, we're a conduit. We are a conduit of what God wants to do. You can say that it, whether it's in spiritual things or even financially or strength or whatever. Whenever we open up our hands and, and allow what God has given us to flow out of us, we think that those things are going to run out. But being a conduit actually means there's something coming in all the time. As long as there's something going out, there's something coming in. And we try to cap these things off, you know? It's like, I got the water. I got it right here. I'm going to hold on to it. You know what happens when water just stays in one place for very long? It gets stagnant. It stinks. It gets smelly. It turns colors. But if that's opened up and it's allowed to flow through constantly, a pure water, right? Think about that. And that's what God wants us to be, how he wants to use us. He says, listen, if you allow that stuff to just flow out of you, that giving, that volunteering, that helping people, being there for somebody in need, it's always going to be replenished. The, the strength, the rest, the peace, all those things that he is giving us, 
They're constantly going to be replenished because we're not allowing them to stay and, and hold tight and make them stagnant. But constantly receiving that fresh, that fresh peace. Next 20, it says, and remember the words of the, Lord's, the Lord Jesus. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's better to give than it is to receive. You can see even in that, that study that, that I just mentioned up in the, in the top, like somebody that is giving, somebody that is releasing who they are and what they have to help others, it does even better in our bodies. Not even to mention the, what it does with our relationship with God and what He wants to give us. Imagine if God's holding up all this stuff and saying, hey, I want to give you all this stuff. And we're like, holding so tightly to what we have. And He's like, you know, what you got to do is open your hands. Make some room for the other things that I want to give you. All the blessings that I have for you. All the peace, all the strength, all, the, all these things that I want to give you and I want to bless you with. My spirit, can you release so that I can give you more? What do we have that we didn't receive? 1 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, For who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now if you did, not, you, now if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? Too many times we take the gifts, even the gifts that God has given us, what God has blessed us with, whether that's our intellect, whether that's finances, whether it's the ability to create a business or do any of the, these gifts that he's given us. So many times we, we forget where they came from. We forget who gave it to us. And in the scripture it says, what do you have that you didn't receive? The answer to that is nothing. In one way or the other, God gave you everything that you have. Whether it's the ability or even just blessing, with you, blessing you with something out of nowhere. It's from Him. So how could we possibly boast about it? If it came from Him. Are we taking credit for what God has done? Man, I think about that sometimes. Whenever I, I try to constantly ask myself, like, am I taking credit for anything that God has done in my life? And I, I guess not even, not necessarily in that way, but God, don't let me take credit. Don't let me boast in anything. Don't let me think that I'm awesome, you know, or that 
I'm such a good speaker, or I'm so cool, or I'm so strong, or any of these. I probably wouldn't think I'm so strong. But anyway, it's just a joke. I joke around sometimes because I so bad want to work out, but I just don't. Tori's like, just stop talking about it and do it, you know? Anyway, well, how could I boast in any of these things, in, in really anything that I have? God, don't let me think that anything that I've done or anything that I will do is anything but a blessing, but a blessing from you and something that you've given me. Will you stand with me? I just finished with this. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, And let us not grow weary of doing good. Don't grow weary of doing good. For in due season, you're going to reap. So don't lose heart. In due season. That doesn't mean our season. And, and what I planned for, what you planned for, but in due season, in that time that God has allotted, you will reap the harvest of what is happening right now. Don't grow weary in doing good, in helping people, in being a giving person. Don't grow weary in any of these things because whenever we live in this way, in a generous way, living out generosity, being about it, when we live that way, God will. He will provide. He will sustain. In that moment, and He will replenish and even multiply and give back to you in due season. Don't grow weary of doing good. You know, I say that, you say like, wow, how can somebody grow weary? I, let me tell you, it can happen. I don't know if, I don't know if you've had that happen before, but it can happen. I've felt that before. Where you're like, but I, I've been, God, I've been doing this faithfully, not giving up on you, and I've continued in this path that you asked me to go in doing good, and I haven't seen a breakthrough yet. And in those moments, sometimes we can grow weary. We say like, well, is it, I mean, should I continue on doing this? Is it worth it? Don't grow weary of doing good. Because in due season, He will, He will restore. He will repay. He will provide. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. 
Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.